Well, good morning. Let me ask you, how many of you are like awesome with directions? Any of you? Uh, how many of you would say you're just absolutely terrible with directions? Right? I, I have a, uh, I, I would say I have a pretty good sense of direction. Um, what I have the most difficulty uh, when it comes to directions is remembering the names of roads or the numbers of roads, right? Like, uh, you know, I-95, Route 40, uh, I-83, that's about all that is in my brain, okay? So if you start spouting numbers out, trying to give me directions beyond that, I'll probably have no idea what you're talking about. But here is Here's how my mind works, all right? You'll, you'll get a glimpse into the Mike Russell brain, which is kind of scary. Because when my mind becomes a steel trap, it has to do with restaurants, all right? If you want me to get to a certain place, tell me what restaurant it's next to. I will get there, 100% hands down. I, I just don't forget restaurants. So, um, you know, but it, it's true, some people can't remember directions. They have such a bad sense of direction. Other people are really good. Hopefully, you are not as bad with directions as these two people. Check it out. Come on. Stop being a baby. So we backtracked a tad. A tad? A tad, Lloyd? You drove almost a sixth of the way across the country in the wrong direction. Now we don't have enough money to get to Aspen. We don't have enough money to get home. We don't have enough money to eat. We don't have enough money to sleep. Well, it's not going to do us any good to sit here whining about it. We're in a hole. We're just going to have to dig ourselves out. You're right. You're absolutely right, Lloyd. Where are you going? Home. I'm walking home. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect. I guess I forgot that you never ever make a mistake. for one more if you still want to go to Aspen. Where did you find that? Some kid back in town. Traded the van for it straight up. I can get 70 miles to the gallon on this hog. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Listen, there's three basic things you need to know about directions, whether you're bad with them or you're just at the mercy of someone else who is bad with directions. And the first one is simply this, is that we don't get lost on purpose, all right? You don't leave the house thinking, hmm, I, I think I'll go to the, you know, the gas station, grab a slushy, get lost for 40 to 50 minutes, and then go see John, all right? No one does that right? Uh, you, getting lost is never part of the plan. So the second thing you need to know about being lost is that we don't know when we're getting lost. We just know when we're lost. I mean, we never know exactly when it happens. It probably happened way before you realized it, but we were just driving with confidence, right? Completely oblivious to the fact that we were getting more and more lost every minute Until you suddenly see a road sign, or maybe it's just this feeling that you have when you know you're lost. Let me explain to you in Dumb and Dumber, the minute they they started to begin to realize they were lost, it's when Harry said, huh, I thought the Rocky Mountains would look rockier than this, all right? That's, That's when he began to sense, I'm lost, right? The third thing you need to know is this, is that... Whatever road you are on ultimately determines where you end up. Your path determines your destination. And as obvious as that is when it comes to driving somewhere, the fact is it's a lot harder for people to see that when it comes to the rest of life. But whether it's our our dating uh, relationships or, or our married relationships, whether it's our, our friends or uh, our education or our work life, whatever it is. Pastor Andy Stanley, he calls this the path principle. And the path principle is, says that your direction determines your destination. You see, in the world of driving, we get that. It's no secret why Harry and Lloyd ended up in the middle of nowhere when they desired to be in Aspen. It's because they drove in the wrong direction. They took the wrong path. But in life, we somehow tend to think that, well, we can escape this reality, right? They, that they can get around this path principle. We like to think that our intentions matter more than our direction, We like to think that we can take any direction, we can take any path that we want and ultimately end up right where we want to be. But it's a complete contradiction to what Jesus actually taught. And so this morning we're starting this new series, Foolproofing Your Life. And we're going to be in the book of Proverbs for the next four weeks. And the book of Proverbs belongs to what scholars call wisdom literature in the Old Testament. It it fits into this same books as the, the book of Job, the book of Ecclesiastes, and, and uh, Proverbs rightfully fits into this category as the major theme of this entire book is wisdom. So Israel's second king, uh, King Solomon, is credited for writing the majority of the book of Proverbs, and he uses these words wise and wisdom at least 125 times in a book that only has 31 chapters. Think about that. It's pretty impressive, right? And while we can't be sure of this, some scholars have suggested that Solomon originally wrote these Proverbs down for his son, Rehoboam. Now, whether that's true or not doesn't really make really a big difference for us this morning as these Proverbs still apply to anyone. 
What we do know is that these Proverbs were written from the perspective of a parent. A parent that is trying to impart wisdom uh, that they have gained over the years with the intent of obeying God's command to train their children to know and to love the Lord. So if you have your Bibles, you can open Proverbs chapter 1. Listen to how this book starts. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so here, Solomon, he begins to explain his reasoning for writing this book. And then as a father... Uh, instructs his child, he says this in verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instructions. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. You see, wisdom is, is being given to this young man. Now, that's not to say that we can't, uh, older people cannot gain wisdom uh, and benefit uh, from this book. Verse 5 is said of an older, wiser, older, wiser meaning they've, they, they've lived longer, they've gained more uh, experience uh, than, uh, than the younger person. But as, as a father, Solomon wants to impart some wisdom to this young man. And as most parents, he and his wife want to set their son on the right path. And that is what wisdom does. That's what wisdom does. It sets us on the right path by pointing out wise behavior from foolish behavior. And in fact, in Jesus' most famous sermon, the the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke of two different paths. Listen to what Jesus said here in Matthew 17, verse 13. And for those who are terrible with directions, you you might want to pay special attention to this. Jesus said this, Matthew 7, uh, 13. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Verse 14, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. In other words, not all paths lead to the same place. The foolish take the wide path, and its destination is destruction. But the wise take the narrow path, and it leads to life. And Jesus, as he's concluding this sermon, teaching about what the kingdom of heaven is all about, he's saying, some of you who are following me are very wise. But others have been very foolish. And he concludes this sermon on the mount by saying that the wise person is the one who hears his words, that hears Jesus' words and puts them into practice. He said, this is like a person who's building a house on a solid foundation. But he said, but those who hear these words of mine and do not apply them, he's, he's like a fool who's building his house on the sand. It's only a matter of time before destruction comes and levels it. 
You see, most people tend to approach Proverbs like any other kind of self-help book, right? You read these Proverbs, you memorize them, you'll be successful in life, you know, wealthy, you'll live a long life. But Proverbs does way more than try to instruct people on how to make a living. Proverbs teaches you how to make a life. It teaches you wisdom that you may have life. Because the, wis- be- because the wisdom is not just self-help, it's God's help. And so I want to caution you here uh, as we begin to study this book of Proverbs uh, about a couple of things. In order to get the most out of this book, you need to keep two things in mind. First, you need to, know, to understand that uh, in Hebrew, these, these Proverbs are generalizations. These are general statements. It's, this is genuinely generally true in life. Okay, so Proverbs, like for instance, Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, you may know, or maybe you have personally experienced times where you've done foolish things, and yet you kind of escaped The consequences of that, right? It doesn't always happen, but generally, if you do foolish things, generally, if you hang out with foolish people, you will reap some pretty terrible consequences, right? They're they're generalizations. These are statements that are generally true. It's bound to happen. Second thing is you need to keep in mind, where does Jesus fit into all of this? Anytime you uh, study a book of the Bible, you always need to ask yourself, where is Jesus in this book? And for Proverbs, Jesus is seen as wisdom. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he wrote in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 30, he said, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Christ is wisdom. And Christ is seen as wisdom in the book of Proverbs. See, you see, generally speaking, you can be successful, prosper by adhering to these Proverbs, but... More importantly, when you implement these Proverbs into your life, you are 100% of the time building a life. You are 100% of the time setting yourself up on the right foundation, on the right path. Because Jesus is wisdom, and his wisdom leads to life. That's why Solomon can write in uh, chapter 1, verse 7 of Proverbs, that the fear of the Lord... It's the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, wisdom is spiritual. It begins with the Lord. Because Christ is wisdom and and, and all knowledge comes from him to pursue wisdom and yet deny the existence of God is absurd. It's an exercise in futility because all truth comes from him. He is the source of truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is our wisdom. And so this morning we want to consider the source of wisdom. 
I want you to consider the source of wisdom and to obey its call. Because as we said before, it's not our intentions that determine our destination. It's our direction. And so in Proverbs, we see the word path or the word way 60 times. If you include the plural, it's over 100 times. Remember, there is a foolish path and there is a a wise path. And the wise path begins with God. And here's how it works. When we walk in Christ, we walk in wisdom. Now, when we walk in wisdom, wisdom assures us three things. These are the three things that I I kind of want to teach you here this morning from the book of Proverbs. And the first thing is this, that wisdom promises to protect our path. If you have your Bibles open to Proverbs chapter 1, just flip the page, uh, probably just one more page to Proverbs chapter 2. So look at what Proverbs 2 verse 8 says. It says, he guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. You see, when walking this path, it's important to not walk alone. You know, from the very beginning... I find this fascinating. From the very beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, you know what they did in paradise? They walked with God. They walked with him in the cool of the day. You see, wisdom isn't just something you you pick up at the beginning of your journey and then you have to reference back to later. Wisdom is something that walks along with us if you will allow it. You see, God wants us to gain wisdom so that we understand his will. Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 says this, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is is. God wants us to know his will. And the good news is he doesn't just leave us there and say, okay, good luck. Hope you figure it out. Hope you figure out what my will is for your life. He doesn't do that. Instead, he says, I'll walk with you. If you take the wise path, if you're serious about gaining wisdom, then I will walk with you and I will reveal life's truths to you. So Proverbs chapter 2, here's what I want to do. I I just want to point out eight imperatives in Proverbs chapter 2. And if you have a Bible, you you might want to circle them, underline them. These are eight imperatives this morning that are found in the first four verses. Solomon says this, My son, if you, here's the first one, receive my words, and the second, treasure my commandments within you, Then, third, make your ear attentive to my wisdom. Fourth, if you incline your heart to understanding. For if you, five, cry for my discernment. Six, lift your voice for understanding. If you, seven, seek her as silver. And if, here's the final one, the eighth one, if you search for her As for hidden treasures. He's giving us clues as to how we pursue wisdom, how we pursue Jesus. 
In fact, walking wisely is an everyday discipline because every day is a new day to decide, am I going to pursue wisdom or am I going to pursue foolishness today? And if we do our part and we walk in wisdom by studying God's word, by receiving his word, and if we treasure that word, we see his word more valuable as money, and we cry for discernment, We so long for wisdom that it moves us to seek wisdom like silver. And we search for wisdom as we would a hidden treasure. Then God says, I will protect you. And then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. You see, we need his protection. We need his protection from those who attempt uh, us to walk with them on the path that leads to destruction. You continue on in Proverbs chapter 2 and verses 12 through 19, we see two individuals described in this chapter. One is a man who speaks perverse things. It says, he left the wise path to walk the foolish path. His ways are described as crooked and devious. The other individual is described as the strange woman. She uses flattery to get her way. Someone said that flattery is not communication, rather manipulation. And this woman knows how to use flattery successfully. She's called an adulteress for she does not keep her promise to God or, or to her husband. And she, like the man who speaks perverse things, is trying to lure people into following them on this path. You see, when we picture repentance, you know, we're going in one direction and And all of a sudden we realize we were wrong. And we have this moment where we repent. And the word repent simply means to turn. We think of it as doing a a, a 180. I I, I turn away from my sin and I I turn towards God. And and that's what repentance is. And, And so we think of it as going in one direction and now I'm going in another direction. But it's interesting here in Proverbs, the, the, the illustration we have is two paths that are parallel, that go in the same direction until the very end. And as you're walking this path, you can see people on the other path, and they're calling out, and they're trying to get you to to leave the narrow path, to walk with them, to exchange wisdom for foolishness. You know, the book of Proverbs actually places these individuals into three categories. The first category is the simple. These are people that are just naive. The second category is the fool. These are people that are ignorant of the truth because, well, they think they know everything and they're stubborn. But then there's the third. We kind of sang about it. The scoffer or the mocker. And these people... Uh, are very much like the fool, except for they go further in that then they begin to, to mock and to laugh at things that are really important. But here's what it's so important, I think, for us to understand is that all three kinds of people that the book of Proverbs describes, 
I don't want you to miss this. All three of those people, their IQ is not in question. It has nothing to do with their IQ. You see, what makes them simple, what makes them fools, or what makes them a scoffer is not their lack of brain function. It's their lack of passion to seek Christ, to seek wisdom. Surely you've met very, very intelligent people in your life, but they don't have a care in the world about seeking their creator, about seeking out Christ, about seeking wisdom. And because of that, those who are wise will seek Christ. They will seek wisdom. They will not only receive protection, but they will, second, they will receive direction. Wisdom will direct our path. If you're in Proverbs chapter 2, Turn the page again, Proverbs chapter 3. This might be the most famous proverb of all. Starting in verse 5 of Proverbs 3, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Submit to him. He will make your path straight. The New Living Translation says, And he will show you which path to take. It's amazing promise for those who obey the condition. You see, he will show you which path to take is the promise. The condition is upon obeying God's will. That means a, a total commitment to him. We must trust him with all of our heart. We must obey him in all of our ways. To put this verse in the negative, it means that it's completely possible for me to lean on my own understanding, isn't it? It's in, entirely possible for you to lean on your own understanding. And in fact, in my own life, that's uh, oftentimes I found what I tend to do. You know, if I, I run into a situation, I tend to want to handle it. My natural response is I formulate a plan, right? And I do something about it. Some people throw a pity party, woe is me. I just say, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to handle it until it begins to handle me. <laughs> and then... I do what I should have done all along. I begin to surrender. You see the word translated trust in verse 5 of Proverbs chapter 3? It means to lie helpless, face down. It, it, it's a picture of a servant waiting for his master's command in readiness to obey. The other picture we have is that of a defeated soldier yielding himself to the conquering general. You see, when I trust in my own understanding, and when you trust in your own understanding, it looks an awful lot like this. Check this one out. Hey! Hey, what's going on? Some joker wants to race. Don't race. That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! You want something? Probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way! Oh, he's drunk! How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you, thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you! What a moron. Oh! 
I promise you I know more than just dumb comedy, right? Uh, but uh, I, you have to admit, it looks an awful lot like that, doesn't it? I've read real-life examples of those in the Bible. We have real-life examples of those who have leaned on their own understanding in Scripture. You remember Abraham, we, uh, uh, we talked about earlier today, uh, when his name was Abram, and he went to Egypt to, to stay due to a famine, there he told his wife Sarai to lie and to say that his wife was actually his sister. It was human ingenuity at best. Another time, King Saul was given the word of the Lord through the prophet Samuel. God said that he would punish the Amalekites for what they had done to Israel. And so God gave Saul a command to destroy everything. Destroy all of them, destroy everything that belonged to them. But it says that Saul spared the king and the best sheep and the cattle. In other words, everything that had a value, everything that had a price tag, seems pretty smart from a, uh, a human uh, intellectual uh, basis, right? But that was the thing that led God to rejecting Saul as king. Those who are familiar with Solomon who wrote this book of Proverbs, knows that Solomon was granted wisdom by God, but he started down this path trusting in his own understanding, not on God's understanding, and in an attempt to maintain peace with the neighboring nations. He would enter into marriage with the princesses of the king's royal family. Only problem was these princesses didn't follow God. And they began to lead his heart astray. And it wasn't long before he found himself on the fool's path. See, all of this gives us a picture of what trusting in our own understanding looks like, what foolishness looks like. But now I want to give you a picture, a visual picture of what trusting in the Lord looks like. And trusting the Lord with all your heart. I want to give you a simple picture of what wisdom looks like. And it looks like this. It looks like Bowing down low, getting in front of your creator. It looks like saying, God, I have nothing if I don't have you. God, I am helpless that on my own, I can't do it. My own understanding is insufficient. God, I need you to give me wisdom. And that's the picture that we have of the response that we should be making in the book of Proverbs. You see, and when we do this, God not only protects our path, and he not only directs our path, but finally he perfects our path. Wisdom will perfect our path. All right, turn one more chapter, chapter four. Proverbs chapter four, 18 says this, but the path of the righteous 
is the light. The light of, is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. It's this picture is of sunrise as it increases and the, the light increases on the path as the day advances. You know, David said in Psalm 119, he said, from your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, in David's day, we didn't have electricity, right? So they had these lanterns and they would put these lanterns on a rod. And as they would walk, this, you know, this, the, the rod extended out in front, and it, but it would only illuminate so far. But here's what's interesting in, in this illustration that David gives us is that as you take a step into the light, guess what? One more step is illuminated in front of you. You see, it's a, it, it's a visual picture of what it looks like to live your life trusting in God's way, that you might not have the whole picture, you might want the whole picture, you might want to know what this life is going to look like, how your life is going to turn out, every scenario, every circumstance, but you're not given that. You're given just what's in front of you for today. He says, don't worry about tomorrow, here's what you have for today, and I illuminate that path, and as you trust me, and as you take one step into the light, I will illuminate another step. And that's the picture that we have, that if we walk in the path of wisdom, the path gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And eventually there's no sunset for Christ is our wisdom, he's our light, and he perfects our path. And in the end, we will walk with him for all eternity. Remember what John tells us in Revelation 20, 20, he says, and there will no longer be any night, and they will have no need of light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen? You see, your path might not be an easy path. In fact, following Jesus pretty much guarantees there's going to be difficulties. But your life will be a fulfilling life as you walk in wisdom with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here's here's how we're going to wrap up this morning. First is, over the next four weeks, I just want to challenge you with this. First is that if you've never received God's free gift of grace by making Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that today. Come find me after the service. Come, come find one of the elders or staff members here at Fork. We would love to begin a conversation with you about that. To approach this book of Proverbs without Christ is really trying to navigate life on your own understanding. It'll only take you so far, and it will ultimately leave you where you don't want to be. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'd encourage you, if you've never made that decision, to to not delay. Begin that conversation with someone here today. Second thing uh, I want to encourage you is that Maybe some of you, you've been following Jesus for some time now, but perhaps a while back, your life took a detour. You veered off the path slightly. I just want to encourage you to recommit your life to Christ, to go to him in prayer, to repent, to confess of your sin. He will walk with you. You're not alone in any of that. Remember this picture of wisdom is that of falling face down and repenting before God. 
and walking in light of Christ's perfection. Third is this, is that there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And so over the course of this series, these these next four weeks, I want to encourage you to read uh, one chapter, a, a proverb a day. One chapter of Proverbs a day. And if you do, uh, you will have come pretty close to reading the entire book of Proverbs uh, by the time this series is over. You know, the, this, the, the Biblios, the, the 66 books that we have that make up this one book we call the Bible, uh, it, it's God's word. And we grow in wisdom and knowledge when we read it, not only of who God is, not only of who Jesus is, but we gain knowledge and wisdom of his will for us. And so praying for God's wisdom is something that James, uh, Jesus' half-brother, instructs us to do in the book of James, that when we lack wisdom, he says we're to pray for it. But really, this is a prayer of perseverance. It's a prayer about being disciplined in our study of God's word, of our reading of God's word, as he reveals his will to us through his word. You see, there is a price to pay for wisdom. Christ paid the ultimate price for our pardon. But then he calls us to pick up our cross and to follow him. And following him is not always easy. It's not always the easy path. In fact, it's the difficult path. It's why less people choose this path, right? It's a narrow path. So I want to be clear here that there is a price to pay for following wisdom. There's a price to pay for following Christ. There's a surrender to our own will. But there's an even greater price for following the path of the fool. So this morning before you is a choice. Will you pursue wisdom or will you pursue foolishness? Will you pray with me? Lord, we, um, we thank you for today. We thank you for another day of life. Uh, Lord, another day to worship you. We thank you for your word and how it speaks to us how it helps us understand your will for our lives. Lord, may we never take that for granted. We thank you for your son. We thank you for Jesus. That when we've made a mess of our lives, when we've looked the fool, Lord, he, he took our foolishness on himself. He stepped in front of the mockers and took their ridicule upon himself. Lord, that we may be holy and blameless before you. God, we thank you for your grace. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.